stealing rape stories, using other people's children as props. This episode is a little wild. You're listening to The Virginia Truth. Welcome to another episode of The Virginia Truth with me, Knuckle, where I continue to break down the trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And it's been intense. These last few weeks have been intense. I think the fact that this week there's been a week off the trial has been, uh, I think, good for a lot of us. I think, I think last week um, was very testing. It was, um, you know, with, with Amber's allegations, uh, I think they were they were very horrifying, you know, very horrifying in the detail that she provided. Um, whether everything she said or not is true, that is another story. But um, just hearing those testimonies, I mean, what she said obviously is horrifying. Those details are horrifying. As I said, it may or may not have, ha have happened to Amber, but those incidents are real life incidents that happen to people all over the world. They happen to women all over the world. They happen to men all over the world. So I think hearing those statements alone was just horrifying for so many people. And even if you don't relate to it, you still don't want to hear those things. And you you know, just, just imagine that someone has gone through these things. It is horrifying. Um, however, in Amber's statement last week, there were lots of holes. There were lots of holes. There were lots of contradictions. And I don't think she was a credible witness. Um, not just with the way that she presented herself, where she over-exaggerated her actions, um, and you know, we, we don't want to overly analyze her body language because I know that that can upset people where they're like, well, you can't, you don't know people act in different ways, which I, which I do agree with. I think not everybody tells their story the same way, but I also think that not everybody who's being truthful feels a need to put on an act. Okay. And I think that's the difference. It's not, it's not the fact that Amber gave her testimony with a cold stone cold face because that's fine. I think victims, some victims will tear up and some victims will have a straight face and they're, 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 they're both of those people will be telling the truth, whether you tell it with a straight face or whether you cry. But I think when you're forcing yourself to cry and that's, you know, we're not, we are humans after all, we can, we can pick up on these cues. I think when you're forcing yourself to cry and you're putting on a bit of a show and you're performing, that then makes you instantly question whatever she's saying. So Amber could have been saying anything last week and we would have questioned it because she's performing. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of gaps in her stories, lots of contradictions. And um, yeah, it was it was a difficult week. Let's just say that. But um, it will be interesting to come. Let's not write Amber off just yet. Um, we don't know what kind of evidence that she's going to have in the coming weeks. Um, so that'll be interesting. But um so far, it's, it's, hard, it's been hard. It's been hard work. It's been hard work watching Amber. Um, and as I said, it's even worse because what she's saying may or may not have happened to her, but it has happened to people all over the world. And it must be horrifying for, horrifying for them. And I've seen lots of people saying that when they see Amber speak, it, and it fury, infuriates them because they're real victims of what she's saying. And here's someone using their story for their own gain. Um, so, yeah my thoughts are with those people because it must be even tougher for them and um speaking of stealing stories we are going to look into and continue uh, we started looking into kate james's testimony in the, the last episode and um i continue to do that today and um 
yeah, the, these are going to be horrifying things again because this goes into rape. These are going to be. The, I'm going to be talking about a rape story uh, that involves Kate James and it involves Amber Heard, but doesn't involve Amber Heard directly. It involves Amber Heard stealing the story of a rape victim, and that's what I'm going to look into right now. So let's go back to this the, the Kate James testimony. Now Kate James, if you didn't listen to the last episode, worked for. Amber Heard as her personal assistant for three years. Uh, she worked for her from March 2012 until February 2015. And um, Kate gave this testimony. This was in the, the London trial, uh, which was back in 2020. And Kate spoke about this time where she was 26 years old and she was traveling in Brazil. And she was violently raped by an unknown male at Machete Point, having been woken by the perpetrator while sleeping alone in her dwelling. Kate James said that this ordeal went on for five to six hours and she narrowly escaped with her life. Kate James said this torturous, torturous experience of such extreme sexual violence has haunted me ever since and permanently changed the trajectory of my life to this day. Over the years, I have shared this incident with many close friends, family, and therapists. Wow, I mean, that is it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. And um, in, in 2013, it, Kate James went on to say that Miss Heard became aware of what happened to me as I had talked about it with a friend of hers at her apartment. Miss Heard then summoned me to her office where we sat on her couch and she questioned me about it. She was curious as to how I coped with it on a daily basis and she suggested I buy a gun. I was shocked at that suggestion as I would not consider having a gun in my home with a small child around. I responded that I chose to see myself as a rape survivor and not a rape victim and this is how I found my own way to cope. On June 25, on June 25, on June 25th, 2020, I received documents pertaining to my involvement on behalf of the claimant in this case. As I perused through the documents, much to my utter shock and dismay, I discovered that Miss Heard had in fact stolen my sexual violence, violence conversation with her and twisted it into her own story to benefit herself. This of course caused me extreme distress and outrage that she would dare to attempt to use the most harrowing experience of my life as her own narrative. I mean, wow, you know, so this is the this is the official statement of when Kate James confirmed that Amber Heard had used her own rape story um, and passed it off as her own. And again, this is Kate James someone who was on the Amber Heard payroll, someone who Amber Heard employed um, by her own choice and someone who worked with Amber closely. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, first of all, you've got a few, it's just, you can't even imagine what Kate James is going through. But then on top of that, to have someone steal your story of such a traumatic experience, it's, it's just insane. It's just insane. And um, that's, there's obviously more to this testimony. So, in this testimony, she, she, she said that she, before she started working for Amber, 
She said she had never heard of Amber at the time she was hired. She said, my son was four years old at the time and Amber was looking for someone part-time and she lived in the same neighbourhood as me, which is an important factor in LA, in LA with the traffic to consider. Um, so yeah, it suited her because it was easy for her to pick up her son from school every day. And, um, you know, she, she mentioned it's hard to find a job um, in her line of work that is as flexible as that. Um, she also said that she was surprised that she was hired because Kate is 20 years Amber's senior and she briefly pondered on why she didn't choose a candidate closer to her age. However, you know, she needed the work and she accepted it, she went on to say. Um, at this point, Amber was already dating Johnny and Kate said that at first Amber didn't tell me who Johnny was and would speak in disparaging terms about him. She would say that she was dating this old man and such like. She then disclosed that it was Johnny Depp and I met him shortly after that. My first impression of him was how softly spoken and peaceful he was, almost a bit shy. He was, he was very pleasant and courteous upon meeting me. Speaking of the alcohol abuse, Kate said that during my time working for her, Amber would drink vast quantities of red wine each night. Meanwhile, she would ask me to buy Johnny non-alcoholic beer, as that's all she would allow him to drink. All she would allow him to drink? That's a very interesting statement. Um, sounds like some, you know, again, throughout the testimony, we constantly hear how Amber is the, the sorry, how Johnny is the manipulator. But in this case, it seems like Amber is the manipulator and the one that's controlling and who has, you know, this this sort of need to control because I don't know, who who are you to tell me what I can drink, <laughs> you know? Um but anyway, yeah, that's a that's an interesting statement. Kate then went to, went on to say that in the three years that she worked for Amber, she said I would go to a house almost every day, including on weekends. I would not announce when I was going to attend the apartment to drop things off or pick things up, so it would be regularly without notice. I never saw any sign of an altercation or even the aftermath of a serious and messy fight in the way that Amber describes in her statements. So the key thing in that in that um, remark that uh, Kate makes is that she would often go to their house without notice. So it's not like they would have the opportunity to clean up and tidy up and hide what had happened. You know, this would just happen. She would just turn up at any point. And, and if a genuine, a genuine couple was fighting at any point, you would have seen that or you would have seen um some kind of aftermath or um you would have seen something on amber after all you know all these violent violence that occurred that amber describes kate said she never saw a sign of a scratch or a bruise or anything um on amber's face um and, and she she said she, she said that in her statement she said i never saw any physical violence by either amber or johnny i saw amber much more frequently than johnny almost every day for the three years apart from when she was out of town I understand that the period of my employment overlaps with the majority of incidents in which Amber has alleged that Johnny was violent towards her. I never once saw any bruising, swelling or any evidence of, of what could have resulted from violence. I would often see her naked or semi-naked when she was getting dressed or at fittings. I was around her a lot, often seven days a week. That's compelling. You know, that is, that is a very important statement. This is someone that was around a lot this was someone that was around Amber a lot. This was her 
personal assistant after all and um yeah she never saw any of these things interesting and she went on to say that johnny was calm and quite shy in all of my experience of him he was always thoughtful and kind and a genuinely decent person i remember on more than one occasion where i had to bring back my son to work for me after picking it from school and johnny would be there and would hang out with him teaching him how to play the guitar he would be patient and kind with him I would never have left my son with Johnny whilst I was working if I had any concerns about him whatsoever. Johnny would come back from travelling with gifts like little skull necklaces for his children and he would always bring an extra one back for my son. I thought this was very thoughtful and kind, particularly considering that Amber was my employer and not him. So, yeah, again, that's a, that's a very interesting statement from somebody that was working for Amber and not Johnny. Um, so again, very revealing and, um, it paints an interesting picture, but it paints the opposite picture to what Amber's been trying to portray these past few weeks. This is a part of Kate James's statement that I found quite disturbing. And it's talking about the time when Amber used her son as a prop, basically. So she would use Kate James's son as a prop without Kate's permission. So... She said that Amber obviously knew that I had a young son and in the beginning would ask me if I could bring him to her apartment so that she could bake cookies with him. I thought this was strange, but sweet at first. However, I then realised that she was taking photos with him almost as a prop to send to Johnny. I felt as though my son was being used by Amber to portray herself as having maternal attributes. That's just freaky. That is really freaky and psychotic. I mean... Everything else described is horrible, but I think the moment you try and use someone else's child as a prop, it's just, oh, that freaks me out. That really freaks me out. And it's, oh, yeah, terrible. Kate went on to say that often I would find Amber and her sister spending a long time getting very dressed up just to go to the Grove, a local shopping centre, for example. I soon realised that she must have tipped off paparazzi who would then be waiting to take photos of her after I would see the photos in the following week's tabloids. On one occasion, my son was, was used during one of these staged paparazzi shoots. Amber didn't care that he was terrified. I had no idea that Amber was going to do that at the time. One aspect of my job was to go to the local newsstand and purchase multiple copies of every magazine that she was in every week. I was instructed to hide them in the garage so that Johnny wouldn't see them. Once I left some out in the apartment by mistake and Amber flipped out at me over that. She didn't want Johnny to know how obsessed she was with her newfound increasing fame thanks to her association with him. Again, that's just insane. I mean, the fact that she would want local copies of the magazines that she was in. I mean, that's just very narcissistic, would you say? I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not normal. I'm pretty sure. I don't think other A-list actors are doing that. Act actors or actresses. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, was Amber ever A-list though? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think she was, but anyway, that's, that's not really important, but yeah, that's, that's tells you how self-important she was. Um, but yeah, I think, um, the, the worst part here is that she would use somebody else's kid as a prop and I'm sure the kid was freaking out. Paparazzi can be horrifying and terrible. Um, I know it's their job and I know that they don't necessarily mean to always be mean and I know not all of them are bad 
but some of them can be very invasive of your privacy and uh yeah i can only imagine how it was for this kid and especially the mother because the mother didn't wasn't aware of this that's the worst part it's not like it was done with permission it was done without the 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 mother knowing um so very cunning and conniving i would say especially to to take photos with the kid and send them to johnny i mean that is just that's trapping that's a trap horrifying that's horrifying Kate also went on to say that Amber relished the fame that came with dating Johnny. She quickly realised that she could ask for free designer clothing on the basis that she was his girlfriend. So she said that a large part of her job was contacting various brands with her requests for free clothing. Um, a lot of celebrities do that. A lot of them do that. Um, especially the, But it tends to be the ones that aren't A-list, to be honest, because usually the A-list actresses and actors, they get contacted in by you know without having to reach out themselves um so yeah it kind of reveals where amber was at so um yeah but um she, she said that she would spend hours handpicking the requests she would send that she would send um so you know amber would pull out a list of brands that she'd want to want the clothing from and that would be kate's job to try and reach out to them uh and if the brand offered a discount rather than completely for free she would refuse <laughs> um, she eventually took over an entire penthouse apartment in one of Johnny's penthouses at the Eastern Columbia building to uh, to house her massive collection of designer clothes, shoes, bags and jewellery. From observing Amber and Johnny from the start of my employment, it seemed as though Amber was smothering him. She would follow him everywhere. She appeared to be constantly worried that he might leave her and would try to be in his physical presence as much as possible. That is such a compelling statement because all Amber's done in her witness state in her in her testimony in the witness stand last week was say this is what Johnny would do he would always call her up and he was worried she would leave uh, leave him which um yeah so it's literally two sides of the story here but one side is Amber telling her her side of the story and this is her own assistant it's not like Johnny's saying this this is Amber's own assistant that's saying she would do this so she's a, like I said she's a credible witness I'm sure you guys would agree right um so yeah and, and she said that when they moved to the eastern columbia building it seemed like a convenient setup as she could station her friends and her sister in all of the neighboring apartments and establish a permanence of herself there she essentially created her own social life within the confines of the building meanwhile amber hated me talking to johnny even if it was just um polite small talk and she would give me the evil eye if she found me having a conversation with him. She was very controlling and paranoid about anyone else being in his space and also about being observed by his security. Perhaps another reason she preferred the Eastern Columbia building. So again, um, a very interesting statement there where she said she felt that Amber had set herself up there so she could have her friends and her sisters all in those apartments that Johnny owned. And that's exactly what happened. Um, all all of her friends were living in in, in the built the uh, the penthouses that Johnny owned, and she had her own little community there. You know, all her friends living rent free. You know, everything paid for. I mean, everyone was living their best life. You know, so yeah. Um, but what Kate James is saying here that this was not just a matter of coincidence. It didn't it didn't just pan out this way. This was a master plan. This was in Amber's mind from the beginning, and. Um, that would make a lot of sense um because you know 
it just works out really well for Amber, just magically. Um, so it's it's an insane, insane statement here from Kate James, Amber's personal assistant. I repeat, her own personal assistant. Um, so this is someone that would have known and seen things happen firsthand. So um, yeah, I think I think this this for me is one of the most compelling evidence. Uh, compelling pieces of evidences, uh, evidences, evidence that we have. Um, um, when I say we, I mean we as the public, because you know a lot of the t a, lot, a lot of the times, you know, there's always a claim of bias. Like, oh, you know, this this statement, it's um, it's a bias. You know, it's because he was on the payroll or she was on this this payroll or you know, and it's always speaking in favour of whose payroll you were on. But this is someone that was on Amber's payroll, not Johnny's. And yet she's coming out speaking against Amber and she's not the first. So I think that's very revealing. So her, whatever she's saying should be taken quite seriously. Um, because you wouldn't on the surface find a reason for her to lie. Um, so for me, I think this is a very telling testimony. And it also correlates with everything we've heard uh, regarding Amber from the witnesses in the previous weeks. Um, it again goes in line with what Dr. Shannon Curry would say. There's a lot of that. There's, I think, I, I think Shannon Curry would, would could literally feature in every episode because everything she said, you can literally match it up to the various incidents that happen. So all the diagnoses and symptoms um, that uh, Dr. Shannon Curry found in Amber, they, they do seem to add up. Each time you hear people talk about Amber, you know. Um, so yeah, very, very compelling evidence. And Kate... Went, went on to say that, you know, Amber was regularly and verbally, um, was regularly verbally and mentally abusive. And she would scream at her over the smallest things. This is again what Dr. Shannon Curry would say about Amber's, what, what Amber's character was like uh, from her assessment. Um, Kate James said that she would fly into blind rages where no one could reason with her. And even if I was trying to offer an explanation, I didn't think she could hear me as she was so angry. Um... And, you know, if you listen to the audio recordings, so take away the fact that we've got all these witness statements and testimonies. If you just listen to the audio recordings that exist and the hours and hours of audio recordings, you could see how she sounds. You could see what you could see what this girl was like. And so, again, like when people are sort of on the fence, I, I don't mind that so much. I don't mind people being on the fence, actually, because, you know, we haven't this trial's not over yet. So, you know, I always say, like, even though. I feel like there's so much evidence against Amber right now and I believe Johnny. I believe Johnny's side of the story and I believe Johnny's witnesses and I believe the witnesses that have come even technically the ones that have worked with Amber like Kate James. I believe Kate James. Um, surely that makes a lot more sense to me than so far what we've had from Amber. It's just histrionics and wild allegations without much substance and without little evidence. With little evidence rather. There's, there's hardly any evidence that she's provided that I could say Oh, that's compelling. That makes me think 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 differently. Um, but like I said, there's still a couple of weeks to go in this trial. There still may be evidence that may make us all switch. Um, but yeah, I think being in the middle right now, that's a fine place to be. If, if that's where you want to be. Um, I don't think I can critique that at all. I think that's that's actually a wise move, if you, if you, if you like. Um, but I just think having examined this trial very closely, for me right now, um, there's no reason for me to doubt Johnny's side of the story. Um, and there's every reason for me to doubt Amber's side of the story and this is all evidence-based and um, I think like I said the one 
that the, one of the key things that really did push me on Johnny's side was the, the audio recordings. Because sure, testimonies can be untrue. Witness statements can be untrue, although I don't believe they all are. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to a lot of them because they all seem to line up well together. But I tell you one thing that can't lie, and that is audio recordings. And, and hours of them, by the way, not 10 minutes or Amber's team like to play 10 seconds of a clip and say, oh, Johnny's terrible because he wrote a text message. Yes, but these hours of evidence is, is completely compelling and makes those texts seem pale in comparison. I mean, this is all anyone that supports Amber seems to always play on the text messages that he sent to his friend, by the way, not even to Amber. But again, I don't excuse those. The things he said in, in the text weren't necessarily great things to say. But that doesn't mean he was abusing her. I think we've all said some horrific things about our partner to our friends. Are we all saying we've never criticised our partners to our friends? We've, we've probably said some horrific things. We don't mean them, and we would never do anything. But we, we, we vent in different ways. Again, I don't agree with the words he used, but that impales in comparison, in, terms, in comparison to the abuse that he went through. The tip, the, the, the tip of his finger being chopped off, the punches to the head, the things being thrown at him, um, and the mental abuse. You know, I think sometimes you could even argue that the mental abuse is far more significant than the physical abuse. Like, sure, she may have cut the tip of Johnny's fingers finger off, but you could argue that maybe it's the mental... He's probably got mental scarring from that relationship. That's probably far worse. And all the manipulation and all the gaslighting that Amber Heard did, that could be far worse. So, yeah, but um, anyway, that's the testimony of Kate James, which I found very interesting. Um quite painful to, to obviously hear and read obviously because it's these aren't nice things and i think stealing the rape story was just the most horrific of them all but hey you know i think we will see more compelling evidence in the weeks to come it's going to get intense so um yeah i hope you're enjoying your week off guys <laughs> your week off from seeing any clips from the trial because um yeah there's, there's obviously the week off right now the trial will be back on monday where the cross-examination will begin of Amber Heard. That brings us to the end of this episode of The Virginia Truth. Thank you for listening and join us next time as we continue to unravel the relationship of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Take care and stay woke.